Welcome to the Time Out Podcast with Tony McGettigan. Because we all need a little time out from life. Well, you're very welcome to episode number 36 of the Time Out Podcast. And uh, I'm very happy to say that my guest today... Uh, was recently uh, named uh, a Donegal inspirational hero uh, among many people that were nominated for this uh, prestigious award. Uh, this local priest here in the Rosses uh, won this award and very deservedly so as well. Uh, he's a man well liked, not only in the Rosses, but uh, admired uh, way and beyond and I suppose during the lockdown, which happened in the early of the spring, uh, he became even more known to people uh, through the the great technology of uh, online and uh, the web. And his name is Mr. Father Pat Ward. So, Father Pat, you're very welcome to the Time Out podcast. Thanks very much, Tony. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I hope I give you a good enough introduction there. <laughs> I'm blushing here. Yeah, <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's lovely to have you on, Father, and uh, thanks for agreeing to this. Yeah, we've, we've been talking about this for a long time, haven't we? We, we kind of missed out and we we put it off for another while. So I'm glad to be on. Now. It's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, delighted, Father, and it's a it's a good time as well coming up to Christmas and. Of course, uh, only only a number of days away. But before we get on mm-hmm. to that, Father, I want to talk about that prestigious award that you won. Uh, there was, as I say, uh, the Gala Retail and Virgin Media Inspiration Awards. There was hundreds mm-hmm. of people nominated for this uh, award throughout the, the country. And it's at a time when inspiration is badly needed. And uh, you are definitely, for me, one of the deserving winners, one of 26 winners. And you must be very proud of that, Father. Uh, very humbled by it, absolutely. It was, it was, I didn't, it came out of the blue to me. I, I, I didn't uh, know what it was about. In fact, I thought it was a scam, to tell you the truth. I was getting emails from them saying, you have won such and such. And I thought, as soon as I see that, I think, oh, that's a scam. And I just <laughs> done it, you know. <laughs> yes. I done it about three times. And then I got a, I was cross-referenced in an email to people that I did know saying, we can't seem to get in contact with this character. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you were kind of elusive. I was very elusive. Yeah. yeah. And I, I apologize to them because I did ignore their first couple of emails. Well, naturally mm-hmm. enough, there's so much of that going nowadays, Father, uh, like uh, you get a text someday telling telling you you've won a quarter of a million, you know, you know, you know what's kind of you get them kind of messages telling you you've, you've won things, and I suppose you are right to be that bit sceptical. But I'm glad that uh, you soon realised that it wasn't a sort of a, a, a sort of a hoax and or a scam. And no, no, yeah. When I, when I seen who I was cross referenced with in the email, I knew that something, you know, that they were bona fide people, you know, so. They were actually some of the people that, that had nominated me, so that that's where I learned what, what was going on. Yes, and this year, Father 2020, we can look at the many reasons why you deserve this award. And, of course, as I mentioned at the top of the show there, it's been more prominent that you've been brought to people's screens through the lack of people being able to go to Mass physically. And uh, it's a very challenging time. Yeah, back in March, I suppose we we realised before just before St Patrick's Day that uh, this virus was ha- having a, an enormous effect in the world, and uh, I suppose we knew that we had to change our behaviour. We knew very little about the virus at that time either. We were 
probably a lot, lot more frightened about it. And um, so we ended up coming to St. Patrick's Day with without any uh, without any congregation, and we we were. Uh, we knew that we were kind of online from that moment. I was lucky in a way because I had a, a camera in Bortonport Chapel. Yes. Um, already set up and everything, so uh, I knew that I could go online almost right away. And and thankfully, MCN, the company that have it, had just uh, popped on to the website without saying anything. They just popped it on that you could now stream on Facebook, which I, I didn't sure wasn't sure what they were saying, but then I realised. Just go in and you click it, and your your broadcast that's usually on their website is also now on Kincastle Parish Facebook. So it made it very popular very quickly, you know. Yeah, and it means a lot to many people, and it's isn't it great though that the power of online, you know, when you see it, Father. Like there's many negative sides too, of course. The, as we briefly touched on there with scams and that, but the, mm-hmm. there's there's so much positivity that it brings as well. It brings people closer together. It has the it has the power to do great things and it has the power to do terrible things, doesn't it? You know, and it's it's uh, it depends on whose hands it's in, really. I think is as to how it works. I know that for like for us, uh, we were online almost immediately, and maybe that gave us a head start. And a lot of my colleagues kind of got online very shortly after that. You know, setting up accounts and stuff. But the uh, I mean, that was good for us, but I'm sure for a lot of people that were using Facebook, this plethora of masses that have come yes. on every day, it must be, oh, there's not another one of those again, you know, so it may have dulled the experience for others, especially young people. That, you know, they're probably all chased to TikTok now and Instagram and stuff <laughs> like that. There, there, well, there's so many options nowadays on, on social media, but no, it's definitely a great facility, uh, I, I think, and I think many people appreciate having it. And I have to give an honourable mention as well to Rosaline McShane. Um, Rosaline's been doing the prayers there and the rosary on, on the Kincastle page as well, and uh, that's Absolutely. that means a lot to people as well, so well done to her as well, Father. Rosaline's been a powerhouse throughout the whole thing, yeah, she's... She's always prayed. I mean, Rosalind and there's a group of ladies that come into the uh, into the oratory in St. Columbus after Mass, and they pray the rosary every day anyway. That, so, the, you know, there, it wasn't as if something that they suddenly started. So after a week or two, Rosalind actually approached me and wondered if she could say the, the rosary after Mass. And it had been on my mind to do something like that anyway, and so I was glad. But not only has she done that, but she's really, really upped the game when it was necessary and when... And people, a lot of people rely on her for prayer now, which, which is lovely. And she has a great way of praying yeah. with everybody. She's very dedicated, Rosaline, and uh, I worked with her here on the, the local radio station and Ross's radio. And I saw firsthand her organisation and her dedication. Absolutely. She, she's a fantastic lady. And um, yeah, once she puts her mind to something, she's she'll take it the whole way. That's one sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And of course, Father, faith is such an important thing at any time to people, but especially this year because it's been such a testing time and it's, of course, currently still a, a very testing time. Faith is, is very important. Um, I think so, yeah. I mean, if you're born with faith, I suppose it's something that is kind of with you and sometimes you ignore it, sometimes you're closer to it, but it's always there. Uh, but this even this year, I've noticed people who have left the faith for a long time and suddenly kind of came back to it, you know, because of the COVID and because of the online experience of prayer that they had. And there's some, some lovely testaments to, to, to kind of what happened this year 
as regards people's faith, and maybe in the middle of worry and a feeling of isolation and desolation, that they, they actually found something very precious that they that they're holding on to. That yeah. that's definitely happened for people, and there have been a few that have you know that weren't people of faith that joined us and kind of have discovered something. So that that's always that's lovely to hear as well. Yeah, there's definitely a strength. And as well, uh, Father, in, in, a, in a sense, I think people as well had probably more time to step back and to realise um, what's important and, uh, you know, not only prayer or that, but people have obviously taken up a lot of different hobbies uh, as well. And uh, maybe people realised that they were too busy in their own lives and maybe the important things were, were slipping them by. You know, that. Uh, there's definitely a sense of that. If you remember the kind of the conversations we were having back in April and May, it was all about. You know, I can hear the birds singing. I can hear the, you know, the trees rustling and the wind. And you know, people are noticing things that have always been there. That's right. But and and it's the same with faith. As far as I'm concerned, faith is a gift given it freely is. to all. And it's only when we have time to stop and, you know, as they say, smell the roses that people say, "Oh, my faith is still there." You know, I thought it was gone, and it wasn't. You know, it's important to sort of maintain that belief. Yeah. 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 But uh, I've been watching you. I was watching you this morning, actually, Father. You were. Uh, I was watching you on, on the altar, and I was thinking to myself, I don't think I'd be able to multitask as well as you were, because uh, you were saying a prayer, and you were uh, you were obviously doing a mass as well, and uh, it's just you were playing the instrument, the ukulele, and I just thought yeah. to myself, it's something I couldn't do. So more power to you. I'll tell you. Well, I didn't think I could do it last September, last March either. <laughs> yeah. But, but you're there, and you're you're kind of you're watching the you you know you're uh, you're on camera. You're kind of talking to people. Like there was 170 people joined us this morning, and you're you're talking to the few ahead of you. I was that was 170 on Facebook rather than we the schools were. Uh, that's right. Connected in by by the website. I don't think they get they they don't get Facebook not through yes. their systems, but. So they were on through the MCN website, and and the school, the, the mass was for them, and some of the children were there. But yeah, you're you're dealing with a, an online uh, an online uh, setting. You're you're dealing with people who are not physically with you, but are with you in prayer. And then you're you're dealing with a, a, a bit of music and stuff. What I took in the ukulele back in March, just because I was sitting in the chapel on my own, and it you know it just felt so alien to me, you know to yes. Be, and I just thought I'm taking in this and play see what happens, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, and you've taken it to like a duck to water. Father, I was listening this morning, and in particular, just to mention one, I heard you, you were um, our father was being played with the ukulele uh, accompanying it, and, uh, and I just thought it was so it was so beautiful actually to listen to. Well, I've played it nearly every day now since March, so yeah. I've kind of gotten good at it now at this stage. Yeah. I've nothing else, practice makes perfect, you know. Well, it's, it's definitely nice, and I think people will uh, enjoy that side of it as well. And, of course, I just mentioned, Father, with Christmas, round the corner, it's only a number of days away. A lot of people, I suppose, Christmas means different things to certain people, but what would your meaning of Christmas be to you, Father, if you were to explain it? I think Christmas changes from when you're a child to when you're a teenager to when you're a young adult to when you're a not so young adult. You know, I think I think it evolves, doesn't it? You know, I mean, it it's, it's magical when you're young, and I we all hopefully remember that uh, that just the absolute sheer 
the magical sense of of of, of Christmas and and the visit from Santa Claus and the you know the gifts and and the absolute joy. I mean, I I remember it all. You know, and it's you remember with your family and you remember their faces when they open their presents and. So you know when you're very young, it's just such a magical thing, and then you get older, and it's more about kind of giving and getting gifts, and maybe going out and enjoying time with your friends and stuff. And uh, you know, when I was growing up, like in on Iron Moor, it, it was important, but the, the the mass wasn't the big part of Christmas. You know, it was just a small yes. part that we went to, but you know. It was, it was meeting up with people, especially people who were coming home for Christmas, and uh, people who we, there was a load of people who came to the island for holidays that that were really really good friends, and yeah, it was just as a joyful time as a teenager too. And then uh, the, the religious part was always important to me, you know, and um, it, it always kind of every year there's something kind of deeper about the birth of the Savior would come into for me, you know. But it has never stopped since. I'm, I'm 56 now, I think. Yes. And uh, every year, something special, something more special happens for me at Christmas about the birth of the Savior, about the birth of of the God of of love into the world and His message of love that we don't heed very well then for the rest of the year, you know. But he did. He definitely came with a different message, and I think Christmas is the closest we get to understanding why God came into the world and what God wants of us, you know. Yes. And that's a, it's quite a, you know, as I say, as people of so many different meanings, Father, but listening to you there, I think you've explained it very well. I think, uh, you know, obviously when you're a child and you go through your, your teenage years, it, it sort of evolves in your, in your, in your own mind. As you, it does, of course. Yeah. yeah, as you get older. And uh, I think it's very important. And I think a lot of people do realise the the whole the Christmas is just not about receiving and giving, you know, gifts. It's uh, it's about a whole lot more, and uh, it's a very special time, of course, for our faith. And yeah, yeah. Uh, just to go back, Father, can you? What year were you ordained as as a priest? Nineteen eighty-eight. There was five of us ordained up in the cathedral, Letterkenny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nineteen eighty-eight. That's a that's a fair while back, Father. <laughs> Thanks <Yeah>. very much. <laughs> Were you born then? <laughs> I, was, I was only a few years old at that stage. Yeah, so uh, I'm making you feel old now, Father. Uh, oh, do I know I'm old? <laughs> yeah, but no, it's uh, it's a long time to be and to, to be a priest, Father. And uh, in the cathedral, in Kenny, you said it was. Yeah, there was uh, at that stage it was Bishop Haggerty, and he. Uh, he had the idea that we should be all ordained, not in our own parishes, but in the cathedral. And uh, it was probably a good enough idea. It was, a, it was a lovely ceremony, I remember that. You know, as it was myself and Father Paddy Dunn, Father Dennis Quinn, Father Neil Cole, and Father Joe Donald, God rest him, he died last year. Yes. Um, the five of us were ordained at the same time. So it was a lovely celebration of, of something uh, important, you know, and uh, we had lovely homecomings then. I remember that myself and Father Dennis Quinn headed out to Fintown Road, and there was bonfires, you know, along the way. But they were probably for him, but I claimed them. Just <laughs> <as much. laughs> you took them on board of your own. Yeah, and then we, I went through Dunlow then, and I had to get out of the car and walk down and meet the tan and 
you know, everybody was out in the streets. It was, you know, back in '88, it was a, it was a big thing, you know. And then down to the down to Bordenport was special too because uh, the people were all out and they had made a big, huge set of rosary beads out of uh, corks, uh, you know, fishermen's corks and fishermen's yes. rope, and it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, you know. And uh, it was Jojo Phil was a, a local carrier from Iron, I think, but he was from Iron, but he was living in the port. And uh, I think he made them, and they were they were just spectacular. And we went in then to the island, and that was with a great couple of days in there. A lot of my friends were lucky, were glad to get back off it again. I would I would say, and uh, it's, it's, it must seem, seem kind of surreal to you, Father, when you look back that it's thirty two years. Since you... Ah, yeah, there's been big changes since you know it was a different Ireland back then, and maybe a lot of things we didn't know. Uh, about and the things that have come to light and we're, we're talking about a, a totally different time uh, now uh, faith is much more an option in people's lives you know the people don't feel compelled the way that they did in the past and so a lot of people who practice their faith now do so out of a willingness to do it rather than a sort of being made to do it you yes they so, made their own kind of choice to yeah, yeah. you get a, a kind of much more mature uh, sense of, of faith you know, maybe now that that that, uh, that those who who were only kind of paying lip service to it, or you know, felt that they had to go, or for some reason, um, no longer feel the compulsion. And I haven't said that. I do know of people once it was up to them, they decided they would go. That that did happen. Some people sort of said, "Well, I'm not going anymore." Left and realized they could leave, and then went back. Yes, out of their own choice rather than out of. Compulsion, you know. So maybe they just wanted that kind of individual decision to go themselves. Maybe. As I a, think yeah. so. I, I think that worked. I know I did it when I was, only for about two weeks. <laughs> 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 when I was about fifteen, I used to I used to have a take some people to mass, and uh, I suppose we shouldn't be saying that on on over the air. But uh, that time you'd be taking a couple of the older folk to mass, but. I realised mum and dad weren't watching me then, so I, I didn't go in myself for two weeks. I went over. Sat in the rocks and enjoyed the sunshine. Yeah, and uh, I did it for two weeks, and I thought, yeah, that was good. And then I kind of realised I missed it. You know, there was something in it I missed, so I kind of went back, and I never stopped going back since. No, but I think uh, many of us do do that, Father. At times, where we're, we probably wander off and and come back to, you know, come back to God, as well, so to speak. Not that we ever leave Him, really. But to, yeah, no, I, but I think it's important that we do that in a way. I think it's important. That we uh, we own the faith, then you know. Yes. And we we do it not because we're told to do it, or not because we're our mum and dad tells us to. Once you once you walk away, when you come back, you've made a decision, and it's a it's a, it's a fundamental decision, a very important one that everybody ought to make in their lives at some stage. You know. Yeah, definitely, I would agree, Father. Yeah, Father, onto a, a sort of good friend of yours. That's. Uh, another priest that sadly passed away in recent times, and uh, that's Father Seamus Gallagher. Father Seamus, uh, you, you know, you knew like Father Seamus very well, and such a, a great character. And um, when he passed away, it was so clear to see how much he meant to a lot of people. Uh, it was uh, around it was, yeah. Donegal and beyond. And what's your memories of, of Father Seamus, Father? Um, everyone knew him as Gaga, you know, so that's that's what he was known as by by everybody. But he he was just a he was a he was a force of nature. First of all, you know, he 
he just and he loved to upset your day. That was the one of his <laughs> the main objectives he had when he came to visit you. You know. Yes. But he he um, I I didn't get to know him properly until until uh, I was we went to South America. I had been out there for a year, and he came out the following year. And uh, as that's when we spent time together for the first time, and it was just it was the beginning of a, a very strong friendship and and. Uh, we were both like we both played a bit of music. He he was a he was a, a genius on the on the uh, uh, wind instruments. Yes, and uh, he could play anything. He could play Peruvian stuff after but listen to it for about twenty seconds. Wow! I, I couldn't get over. It. And not only that, but he could play it whatever key they were playing in. You know, he he didn't seem to natural it didn't talent. seem to phase him. Oh, natural talent, yeah. Lazy because of that though. <laughs> didn't have to work at it, you know. But. Uh, we had some great evenings playing music in, in South America and going off together and visiting different parts of it. And uh, he worked it in a different area, but when we got to, we got together once a week, and uh, we we always had a, a great time. Went out and played a bit of music somewhere. And Seamus had no fear. I'd be cautious, and Seamus would be uh, without boundaries. <laughs> some yes. would say. And somehow we worked well together. You know that. I could pull the reins a bit, and he would pull me out of my kind of my safe place. Yes, <laughs> we need between that the two of us. We need that sometimes. Oh, you know, people need that yeah. kind of. You need different characters around you. I think, you know, not not just um, in any walk of life. You know, we we might no, be, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we might be that wee bit cautious to to do something, and you know, somebody over there to kind of egg you on that. But and Father Seamus definitely, uh, I remember him even when he was the parish priest in, in Letcher. You know, yeah. he was such a, a very comical man as well, and he'd he'd always be talking on the altar. He was such an interesting man uh, as well, Father, like, like yourself. And he'd be speaking about Donegal. If Donegal were playing, you know, he was big into the Gaelic football and that. Ah, uh, he, he was a man of the people, like without a doubt, you know. And he 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 was he was hugely intelligent. He he, he had a what do you call it? An eidetic memory. He could he could read a book in one night, and he could he could recall everything that was in it. You know. Yes. And he, he again made him lazy because he didn't have to study for his exams much. He, he said he never failed an exam in his life. He said that's a handy one so, to have, isn't it? <laughs> you know, just, uh, something to to sink into your mind easily. You know. Yeah, I remember sitting with him one night, and he, he had a book. He said he he picked up a book. He said must read this. And three hours later, he he uh, he said that was good. And I said no way. And he said, oh, yeah, and I've read it. And I, I went through it, and I, I started asking him questions, and he knew everything. <laughs> uh, just a special memory. Good memory, and uh, but but hugely intelligent. You know, I, I always said that to him. I said, you're very intelligent, but you hide it well. <laughs> <laughs> In disguise. <laughs> sure many, many of us could say that. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> but maybe the other way around, maybe. We come across, we come across <laughs> smart, but aren't so smart, but... You know, well, but, they both work. But he was a definitely a, a very uh, loved man, Father Seamus. And very loved, very, very talented person. Gone way before his time. Yeah. Terribly missed, you know. I mean, one of the things, I, if, if I'm honest, I, I would never have taken an instrument in the, into the chapel and played it while during Mass. But it, when I started Mass, I was thinking of Seamus that made me do it. I said, well, what Seamus do? And yeah. I know what he would have done. So I took this instrument in. And that's from went from that from nothing to you know 
hundreds of hits for mass and that that award and stuff because yeah. of basically because I took a chance and, and took the ukulele with me. That could have been a terrible decision, but it wasn't. You know, just maybe he was actually there. Um Guiding you, Father, as well. You don't know, you know, that out to sea. Be very proud of what you've done, anyway. You know, definitely. Well, he, I, I don't know what he would make of this whole COVID thing, you know. But uh, he, he certainly, no, he still influences me. He, he's he, still when I, when, when I have a bit of fear, it's him that I, I kind of think of him. What, what was he must do, you know? It's not a great thing to be able to say, though. You know that somebody it just shows you that people that leave us. They're still with us in spirit, you know, and that yeah. that, that goes without saying. But yeah. you know what I mean? It's important to, to that as well, Father. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah, it doesn't mean I do what you do, you know, but it does. Uh, at least I would think about it. it. Might do the opposite. Yes, you don't also agree. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah. Uh, at the same time, no. There was a he he he. We we were good friends because we were good for each other. That way, that was the. Yeah, sounds like he's in a very yeah. sounds like he's in a very special friendship and. Uh, I definitely would say, uh, may he rest in peace, Father Seamus. Ah, yeah, yeah. I know he'll always be, he'll always, he'll always be a very strong part of me. Yeah. Uh, what I do. Yeah. Just to move on, Father, to something that I always wondered about. Um, would would I watch priests on the altar when you are doing sermons, Father? And I always mm-hmm. admire, you know, the the, mes- the message that's got across in a sermon because that's obviously the, the the point of what you're what you're doing in a sermon. You're trying to, I suppose, summarize. What the word of God is, I suppose, in in whatever might be in the yeah, whatever you might be reading that particular day. And what is do you a, a sermon something to you that's come naturally to you if you're preparing for a mass, or is it something that you, you might have difficulty with at other other times? Uh, you both. Uh, sometimes you know exactly what you want to say, you know, and other times you're looking at the readings and you. I mean, my question is what is God saying to the people of Port and Port today, you know? Yes. And that's my first question when I'm reading the readings. And sometimes, sometimes I get nothing. Sometimes I just, I'm looking at the readings and I'm looking and I'm looking and I just cannot see what is the message that is for the people yeah. that I, I'll be speaking to today. So, yeah, I'm very conscious of the fact that I'm, it's not what Pat Ward thinks, it's what God wants to say through me. Yeah, you know, so that's what a sermon is. Yeah, and you're you quite right, it, it has to be based on the on the scriptures. Yeah, yeah, you just sort of summarise it in a way that people will understand it, I suppose, as well, better, maybe. Yeah, you try and use, uh, you're trying to use it in a modern language and, and, and maybe give just people a thought for the day. Very often, you, you think you're doing great and the people come up to you afterwards and they some way aside you made is the only thing that they're taking with them and they were pleased with it. Something that you didn't mean to say, you know. Yeah. And for all that you pre- all that you prepared, there's the one wee thing that kind of the throwaway remark that people remember, you know. I think it's it's always something personally that myself when I go to to church or to, to, to that I look forward to, it's to see the different sort of message that uh, like the different priests obviously have different styles of putting across a message and it's uh, it's definitely not an easy thing I would say for uh, for a priest to, to you know to uh, no it's it. not and everybody does it differently I I mean I I wrote out every sermon word for word when I was in the cathedral in Arakeni. But when I went to South America, I, I couldn't write it in Spanish. Yeah. So that that I, I lost the ability there to kind of to do it that way. So I began to 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 just kind of get my one point and make it very badly in Spanish, you know. Yes. And and maybe make it. And somebody said you have to say it three times when it's not your native tongue. So you 
you kind of you would come around it three times, and then you people would kind of nod and more or less get on with it. Now we know what you're saying. Yes. You know, uh, the uh, yeah. so when I came back, I I never kind of took. I would always prepare a homily, but I would never take. Unless, and sometimes very rarely, I would take notes into the chapel with me. I would, I would prepare it, and then I would say what I remembered from it. Then you know. Yeah, because sort of. It's a it's a nice gift to have, you know. All right, you know where you where you people think you're just talking up the cuff, but you're not. You know, you're you're just remember. You know, you you'll talk to people if you're not reading to them. You know. Yeah, well, that's that's important too. I think uh, as uh, for the listener, the person that's listening <clears> to you, <throat> you know. And, uh, I think so, yeah. But like I say, it it, it, it takes great. I, I don't mean courage, but to go in without notes is quite daunting, you know. Yeah, no, it's definitely something you'd need to prepare for in the sense of uh, what you're be going to, you know. It's not just off the hip sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I go on for a long time, it's because I haven't prepared well enough. Yes, that, well, that's a, that's a honest. I'm sure <laughs> I'm, I've seen you and uh, so many to mass father, and I would say that you're the kind of man that could quite easily uh, shoot off the hip as well, if needed be. But I get your point in terms of the, the preparation is uh, something that's, that's important for you to get the message across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Father, anyway, as I say, it's been great to have your time. And maybe before we um, close the interview, you might say a wee Christmas blessing for all the people that's listening to this podcast. I will, of course. I'd be delighted to. Yeah. So we'll just uh, um, just maybe calm ourselves for a second and, yeah. and just reflect on on the season that we're approaching at this time. So yeah, we, we have a couple of days now before uh, before Christmas uh, comes. This is a Christmas like no other, so uh, we're heading into unch- uncharted territory as regards uh, this Christmas. And uh, I think first of all, I'd like to pray a message of peace uh, to to all of uh, the listeners here today, and a, a message too of patience and forgiveness because I'm very aware that people are finding this a real struggle and uh, people are are feeling uh, all sorts of emotions that they wouldn't normally feel this time of year and uh, I think people just need to be so gentle with each other. I think that even the bishop said in his own letter you know uh, that uh, be be careful with people that you meet because you don't know what what road they've been travelling on you know. Yes. So, and I, I, I think that my message and my prayer for everybody this year is one of patience and forgiveness. Uh, that's what I will pray for all of our communities at this time. But I do think too that it's uh, COVID hasn't robbed us of the of the kernel of Christmas, which is the birth of our Savior, uh, who came to this world out, out of pure love, yes. uh, love for us, and reaching out to God, reaching out to us in the way that uh, He didn't do it throughout the the history of salvation and uh, touched our lives and, and changed them forever. As the said this morning, the, you know, this is the the first uh, kind of worldwide virus that we had was the virus of Christ's love 2,000 years ago, and uh, it spread to every part of the world. And uh, it was one that, when it infected us, it gave us a, a sense of hope. It gave us a sense of belonging. So I pray that... Uh, Everybody who uh, is approaching this Christmas is infected with a sense of hope and a sense of belonging and a sense of God's love for them this this Christmas. Yeah. And may the blessings of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon us all. And because it's this is the solstice, I think, tonight, isn't it? The winter solstice. Yes, that's and right. 
There are many others who maybe aren't Christian as well who are celebrating something special too. We've kind of made it Christianize that a little bit by saying, you know, it's the it's when the sun begins to rise again, isn't it? This is the, That's right. From this day on. And uh, there's a kind of a sense that when Christ is born, the sun begins to rise again. But there are many celebrating for other reasons today too, and just we hope them, uh, wish them a happy holiday. Yes, I acknowledge that as well, yeah. That's a very uh, yeah. lovely blessing, Father, and uh, thank you for doing that. You're very, very welcome, yeah. Tony. Thanks for eventually we got talking and got... Oh, uh, yeah, it's it's been great, Father, to, to feature you on the podcast to see if... Uh, Things don't always happen, you know. It's always tricky. Life uh, kind of dictates sometimes how things happen, but it's it's definitely great to to, to feature you on the podcast. And uh, very proud of the fact as well that not only are you a, a very likable and loved priest, that but you're a ward as well, Father. I'd like to congratulate you on that. You know, <laughs> thanks very much. Yeah, thank you. No, I, well, that was a wee bit embarrassing. No, there's, I think I really think there's other people that deserve it more than I do. But anyway, that's it. That's, yeah. the, that's the way it rolled. But you know, but before we close, I was just checking. There's also prizes, of course, given out um, some uh, luxury stays, and I suppose you might have a wee trip planned in 2021, would you, Father? Well, if, if ever, yeah. There's a, there's a blue blue book. Um, well, everybody that won that uh, that award got a 750 euro blue book uh, event. You can stay in a, some some place around Ireland. So yeah. Uh, I got that. I'll have a look at that sometime. See. Something to look forward to down the lane, Father. Ah, yeah, yeah. 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 Make the noise. Father, again, it's been a great pleasure uh, featuring you in the podcast and a big thank you for your time and uh, a very Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Tony, and to you and to your listeners. Yeah. Thank you very much, Father Pat. God bless. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was episode number 36 of the Time Out podcast with Father Pat Ward and uh, I hope that you did enjoy it at home. And uh, that rounds up uh, this particular podcast and indeed the podcast for this 2020. It's been a great year for the the podcast and I would uh, like to finish off by wishing all listeners uh, to this uh, podcast a very uh, Merry Christmas and a peaceful and happy 2021. And let's hope that... uh, the, the whole world as one can turn a corner against this virus uh, in the year to, to come. So until next time, from me, Tony McGettigan, and Father Pat Ward, it's goodbye. For more on the Time Out Podcast, visit thetimeoutpodcast.ie. Thanks for listening.